Supposing we hit the body with a tremendous, uh, whether it's ultraviolet or just very powerful light. Word. And I think you said that hasn't been checked, but you're going to test it. And then I said, supposing you brought the light inside the body, you can, which you can do either through the skin or uh, in some other way. And then I see the disinfectant where it knocks it out in a minute, one minute. And is there a way we can do something like that uh, by injection inside or, or sorry, what? Almost a cleaning, because you see it gets on the lungs and it does a tremendous number of lungs. So it'd be interesting to check that. So that you're going to have to use medical doctors with. But it sounds it sounds interesting to me. When I was in the prison, God spoke to me the revelation and what would take place. He revealed to me as I studied the revelation, the four horsemen of the apocalypse. This virus could be the the last of the four horses. Yes. You're saying that silver solution would be effective. Silver solution? Dear God, heaven help us. Okay. Three things. Thing one, let me just be clear. I'm pretty sure the only way to bring the light inside the body is through accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Amen to that. Right? Mm -hmm. uh, plus, bringing the light inside the body feels like something a cult leader would say shortly before he kills you. Yeah. You know? I'm not on board for that. <laughs> not on board for that. Um, uh, thing two, people took that seriously, and there were calls, at least in New York and Maryland, that I know of to emergency hotlines of people either trying to verify or people who had been trying what the president was suggesting so we rational people of course you know we call bs on it but some people are looking to the president for you know leadership and all jokes aside i hope damage control is taken seriously because see i'm worried I am actually and genuinely worried, all jokes aside, I make fun of everyone, including him, including the president, yes, all the time, especially him. Uh, I make jokes a lot, but I actually, this time, I wonder if he's actually okay, you know? like Yeah, you gotta wonder. Because, right, because, I mean... It, it could happen anyway, body, if you only had like two hours of sleep and maybe maybe like took a Xanax or you know or you're heavily medicated or both maybe you had mm -hmm. two hours of sleep and were heavily medicated in that case anybody would say something that really was messed up so I'm worried man he could single-handedly drive us all to extinction at least in the US also that last voice that you heard was Jim Baker a few weeks ago when uh, the virus was hitting first hitting he said that uh, it was one of the, the four horsemen and he likened himself to Paul being in jail. But he also said that he had the cure for the fourth horseman as if you could cure such a thing. I mean, you, you'd only imagine that if you were, if God was sending a, a God level pandemic book, you, you'd imagine that there was no cure for it, right? Yeah, I don't I don't know what the cure would be. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe the cure is like a mixture of cigar ashes and truffle butter. You know, who knows? I don't know. Um, I think he meant 
it to be a cure for like Christians only. So silver solution was what he was talking about, and he was only sending he was only selling it to Christians for a hundred and twenty five dollars a bottle. That is a steep price to pay, and I don't know that I'm on board for that one either. Uh, I, I, I barely want to pay one twenty five for my Nikes. So <laughs> one twenty five yeah. for for silver solution is and a little bit something yeah, that's only going to christians i'm very skeptical of that one also but <laughs> Again, last i that's... heard jesus just didn't come to save the christians jesus came to save everyone <laughs> i mean the last time think about the last time someone a, uh, a, a, a religious leader wanted someone to drink something it didn't really turn out that well for the people who drank it <laughs> no no it really did not yeah they're all dead Sorry to bury the lead. <laughs> um, but but Trump's been doing, you know, he's been he's been on cleanup duty since then, and uh, he's been he was saying something like you know, you know, like oh I was just kidding, you guys, <laughs> it was just a joke, you guys, I was just kidding, you know, I said those things in jest. And then and then one of his uh, one of his uh, cronies over there said that he was just quote talking it out. Do you really think we should be talking these things out during a public press conference? In public? <laughs> you know, but but him joking, saying that, like he was talking it out. Normally that kind of tactic is something you say right after, like you're talking to a, a girl that you really like, and she promptly puts you into the friend zone. Like that's, <laughs> you say, I was just kidding. You know, I didn't really mean that. Like, like let's just do a, a quick exercise, right? So, Amy, okay, so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. here, we'll show you. Amy, okay, you be the girl that I like, and and I want you to put me in the friend zone, okay? So, All okay. right, I'm on it. All right. Hey, Amy, uh, we've been we've been friends for a long time, and I've been thinking about you, and uh, I think we should take it to another level. What do you think, Amy? Um, you know, I really like being friends with you, so maybe we could hang out with some other people, too? Uh... I mean, I was just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Me and you, (laughs) what are we saying? I was just joking. You can't take a joke, Amy? Goodness, lighten up. So, you see? See? You see how it is? Makes me uncomfortable on all of the levels. It makes everyone uncomfortable. But we won't make you uncomfortable because we are here at Heaven Help Us. We are... The Irreverent Podcast at the intersection of faith, pop culture, and politics, and it is our solemn pledge to neither infect nor disinfect you with bleach. Hashtag don't drink bleach. Uh, The only light we want to bring inside the body is truth, so stick with us. (laughs) Uh, I want to introduce you guys to... uh, Ooh, my mic. I want to introduce you guys, introduce you guys to uh, Amy Brown, one of the members of the HHU family, and she'll be joining us on a regular basis on a bunch of episodes, bringing her insight. She's a good friend. She's a colleague. She's smart. She's fun. She's perky and insightful. Welcome, Amy. Amy, say words. How are you doing? Hello. Thanks for having me, Vince. I'm so excited to be here. I am feeling okay. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. Um, so you were sorry to put you put your business out on blast, but you were uh, you were sick these last couple of weeks, which is really why you didn't join us before. Yes, so, it's very true. So you had what did you what was going on with that? 
Um, well, I came down with a fever and uh, some pretty severe fatigue for oh. a couple of days, almost Check. a week actually. Um, got to do a televisit with my doctor, who then recommended that I go get tested for coronavirus. So, bundled it up, went outside, went to the doctor, got the test. Thankfully, it came back negative. So, nice. but this we are thankful for. That's um, called a false then... positive. I don't believe that at all. <laughs> you had um, two of the three major symptoms, Amy. Yes, yes, I did. I sure did. And then I got a swab stuck up my nose just to come back and say <laughs> that I did not have it. But I did what my doctor recommended. I stayed away from other people. I did not go into public spaces. Um, when I did go to the doctor, I wore a mask and a hand sanitizer for days. Um, and then a couple of days later, I was back to normal. It was rough though. Rough. Wow. Week. I'm sorry to hear that. I'm glad you're feeling better. But I do have Me a question too. for you. Yes. I do have a question for you. Did, once you started feeling better, was church already shut down at that point? Or were you actually, or did, or were you actually like contemplating going if it was open? Uh, church was shut down, but I oh, would good. not, I would not have gone. Um, uh, I was hesitant. I actually, I don't think I left my house for probably four or five days after my fever broke. And that was just to go for a walk. Uh, good, good on you, because I know people who are really stubborn about this and they're not listening at all i actually uh a friend of mine uh got the covid and oh no uh, <laughs> yeah she she didn't know what it was at first because she doesn't really she's not really up on news or television or anything like that so she barely was paying attention but she sort of knew about covid off in the periphery mm -hmm. and she actually contracted it went to the hospital uh they would not give her a test they Whoa. would not give, I know, they wouldn't even give her other tests to make sure, like the flu, they didn't even want to give her that. because Not even a flu test? No, they said they were so low on resources that it's not necessary, you're young, you'll survive this, just go home and rest. Holy cow. I know, so there was no contract tracing, con contact tracing for her, she just literally just got sent home, and they didn't even give her guidelines on in staying put, for instance. No. So so she had said she had a fever for a few days and she said it would not break. It got worse with Tylenol. She said never take oh, uh, ibuprofen, which is another symptom. Yes. Um, she lost her sense of smell, which is another symptom. Yes, Again, this is what so, I've heard. Yeah, right? So she, we didn't know if she actually had COVID because she didn't have a test. But all those symptoms I told you are literally checking the boxes of symptoms, right? Yes. Yes, it is. So. So to continue the story, she gets better. The fever broke after about four or five days. And the day after she gets better was Sunday and she goes to church. No, she didn't. She did. And unfortunately, a lot of people in her church have contracted COVID-19. Oh, that, that's why you don't go outside. Yeah. It's like it's like stopping your antibiotics before you're done with your full course. You got to keep it going even if you feel better. Exactly. You don't and you don't play with the COVID. You just let no. it ride. I mean, you stay home. And then I, I so she finally called me when she was feeling better because I'd been texting her. She wasn't answering, but she finally called me and uh, told me that story. And I was just I, I was floored. I was floored that she had went out and 
she was basically patient zero for her church. <laughs> and, yeah, and it just I mean, it gives me the willies just thinking about it. I know she she basically Thanos snapped her entire congregation into <laughs> <laughs> the, into, into COVID dust. Into COVID dust, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, if if you are feeling it, stay inside. That is yes. the moral of the story. Yes, um, yes, it is. Otherwise, how are you? How are you coping? Otherwise, Amy? Um, honestly, it goes up and down day by day. Some days I'm totally fine. Feels like not much is wrong with the world, and then the next day it feels like the world is ending. Um, <laughs> I <laughs> so, and then the next day we're fine again. Um, I got married at the end of last year, so we're in, Congrats. you know, first year of marriage, um, which is a unique position to be in during a quarantine. <laughs> For because sure. Because we are now spending, I thought that we spent a lot of time together before we got quarantined together. Um, and yeah. Now just the time has gone exponentially up. It's lovely. I love my husband. There's no one else I would rather be quarantined with. Aww, um, but but there are some days. <laughs> there are some days. Need a little space. <laughs> In a little tiny one bedroom apartment. Before, oh yeah. There is nowhere to hide, man. Yeah. Yep. There ain't nowhere to hide. Yeah. Nowhere gotta, to hide. I would rather have my. I'd rather have your situation than mine because I have a five-year-old in my ear every three yes. seconds. But. Yep. Uh, I, I definitely would not rather be you either because you know that's that's a lot. You wanna you want that cloud nine feeling that lasts as long as possible, and I'm sure yes. it's still there, but it yes. has to be waning. <laughs> oh, I mean, we're I guess we'll find out how long it's gonna last. We, we, <laughs> this is a we, test. At least you're giving that test early in your marriage. Thank I know. I was gonna say we hit real life really quick. <laughs> that's amazing. Thank God for that. That's a blessing, yep. yo. Yep. I'm, I, but don't get me wrong, not complaining. I think everyone has their up and down days. Um, and it's but, okay. No matter what your fun. situation you're in. Yeah. It's no matter true. what situation you're in, it's okay to feel how you feel. Don't yes. feel don't feel bad because maybe you have a job and you're in a good situation. It it's okay to feel stressed out and feel down if if you even if you're employed but you're you're sort of having a little anxiety about this. It's, it's okay to feel how you feel. So that should, it's true. that should be said. So Yes, I agree 100%. Have your feelings, cope how you cope, you know? Because yep. everyone needs each other and they need a little um, a little faith in their life. So I am having all those bad feelings, but I, I just need things to go back to normal, you know? I'm tired yeah. of all this. I, I need things to go back to normal because I'm tired of hearing every single commercial with sad music, sad piano music on in the background tired of it's, it it's every single one every like every single commercial how single. did they did they all get produced by the same people you would think or they just like was like they all scrambled into a zoom meeting and said okay we got to make a commercial to figure out how to make ourselves look good to the mm -hmm. general public i know yep. what about uh piano music piano music everyone loves piano music let's just yep. do it everyone, we're <laughs> gonna give everyone the happy feels with the piano <laughs> music playing softly in the background yep I also need things to get back to normal because I'm tired of everybody thinking that wearing a mask is somehow a, a new fashion statement. I agree it. completely. I, I agree completely. Um, I went to a grocery store in Virginia yesterday and not very many people were wearing masks and I was weirded out a little bit because I live in Maryland so I'm used to seeing them all the time. And then I was like, oh wait, this is what normal used to be like. <laughs> 
<laughs> right. Exactly. Or you can see now, people's faces. Right. And now wearing a face mask is, let's just be honest, making the best of a bad situation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm just over it. Yeah, I'm ready to get back to normal because um, I don't like being the pariah if I accidentally sneeze in public. Especially if you're not wearing a mask, Becky. And I, I get so scared that someone's gonna, you know, give me the death stare or give or you know kick me out of the grocery store. I promise, I don't have coronavirus. I just have an itchy nose. <laughs> yeah, you just have allergies, like me. It's true. It's true. Yeah. So, um, that's awesome. I'm, you know, we're, like I said, we're all jokes aside. We hope to get back to normal soon, and that everybody is supporting each other, and that everybody stays in good mental health, and especially in the faith community, more than ever. We should all be watching each other's backs. We should all be checking on each other. <clears throat> Everybody who's listening. Um, <laughs> uh, call we should your all be mom. Checking, call your mothers, guys. Um, call your fathers, too. They need yes. love. Yes. Call, call your everybody. fathers, too. Call. It doesn't have to be a Zoom meeting. Zoom meet. I want nope. things to get back to normal because I want to stop pretending like Zoom is cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, too many. I'm, too many Zoom meetings. Yeah. They're exhausting. Um, <laughs> they're exhausting because people who don't know how to use Zoom, half the meeting you're, you spend getting them set up. Like, exactly. Exactly. Like, dig it on. You're like, okay, can you hear me now? No, no, we can't hear you. You're still on mute. What about now? <laughs> no, you're still on mute. We can't see okay. you because you're blending into your fake background too much. <laughs> you're blending in. I, I know you meant it as a joke, but just turn off the background. Okay, no, you turned off the camera. No, turn it back on. Can you see me now? No. Yeah. Yeah, I'm over all that, man. It's. I was using Google Meetup until this, and now Zoom is like apparently the thing to use. So I don't get I that mean, at all. go figure. Whoever, whoever bought shares in Zoom before this, they are sitting pretty. Oh, no, 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 no. I mean, kind of, but don't get it twisted. They're stock because of uh, Zoom bombing. Have you heard of this, Zoom bombing? Oh, yes, I have. People started Zoom bombing Zoom meetings, and Zoom somewhat took care of it, I think. But um, they put in these measures to help you uh, combat that. But people have been hacking Zoom meetings and jumping into other people's Zoom meetings. And when that happened... Um, their stock like went through the floor. I mean, it oh, dropped no. so far. Yeah. So this people just goes to show the the, the volatile world that we live in. <laughs> fickle. <laughs> yep. Very fickle. Yeah. One yeah. day you're on top. The the next yeah. day you have someone hacking into all of your meetings <laughs> and you're at the bottom again. Yeah. Well, it's I I you know I'm sort of glad that sort of thing happened because at least people who rely on sensitive information like congress <laughs> they mm -hmm. they were they they don't they're not allowed to use zoom because of all the security breaches and all that kind of stuff well that's encouraging um anywho today we're just gonna talk about the we're just gonna do a temperature check on the state of things that's happening in the church and see how the church is doing and um find you know think about what it's going to take to get back to normal, what does normal look like, and um, things like that. So a few weeks ago, this guy, uh, as you guys know, this guy, Robert Jeffress, who is one of the two 
if Donald Trump is the Antichrist, which he is, just kidding, uh, uh, Paula White and Robert Jeffress are his prophets. Uh, he preached a message called The Road to Armageddon, where he comforted everyone with warm biblical stories of God's punishments. And he said that God's judgment isn't always immediate, but it's always inevitable. <laughs> I mean, I know that's what helps me sleep at night, oh, hearing right. about the inevitable punishment of God. <laughs> it's coming. Not for you. It's just coming for everyone who, who made fun of you in high school for any reason whatsoever. Let's hope so. <laughs> he did that as to allude to the current crisis, which made it even worse for me in my mind. He, he did it to allude to the current like COVID crisis, pointing to that as it being some sort of God's punishment for the world for, I guess, you know, being not holy or whatever. Um, my, my problem with that is what about Christians who've gotten it or even have died, you know, mm -hmm. like, are they being judged or are they That's just it. collateral damage? <laughs> right. Because no. there's um, been a lot. I mean, it's that, like you said before, spreading in churches because people go to church. And a lot of, I mean, a lot of churches might not survive this. Some churches are just going to shut down and because people are out of jobs and mm -hmm. people can't give to churches at the moment. So... I'll, there, there are definitely going to be some churches who won't survive this. Are they being judged? You know, right? So then, the logical conclusion is that no one is safe from God's judgment. <laughs> That's right. A lot of is that, lot. Is that mean, what we're talking about here? Well, Amy, I don't care what they say. You definitely got COVID. So, do you feel judged? <laughs> no, no, I really do not. <laughs> uh, I know you said you you didn't get it, but you did. <laughs> You did. <laughs> I got something, that's for sure. <laughs> so, uh, with that, we're going to get back into it in a moment. But first, we're just going to take a quick little break. We'll be right back. Are you tired of being stuck at home, especially for a virus you didn't pray for? Don't let God's wrath accidentally get you too. Now you can escape it with Corona Cookies. Corona cookies are made with the freshest ingredients. We use essential oils, CBD extract, and holy water mixed with an unleavened bread to create the most effective and tasty all-natural cure for coronavirus. Each Corona cookie is carefully handcrafted and covered by the blood of Jesus. Order one package of Corona cookies and get a second package for free. Corona cookies, they're just unused communion wafers. Order today. All right, we are back. We're back. That was our sponsor, Corona Cookies. They're not real. Hint, hint. Um, baby, I have a question for you. When you had a fever with extreme fatigue, <coughs> coronavirus, uh, do you think a Corona cookie would have helped? You know, I really would like to think that it would have, except that I had no appetite for the entire five days. So I don't even think I could have gotten Ooh. it down. Oh, well, they're just, they're just, uh, you know, unused communion wafers because there's no church. So there you go. Well, yeah. good to know for the next time. Well, you're, hopefully you're immune. So there won't be a next amen. time. Amen. Um, yes. Yes. And amen. So, uh, the coronavirus has, um, affected every aspect of life, including church. So the question for us that we're just going to talk about today is like, how do we think 
um, churches are coping. Have you, um, Amy, have you attended online? I have. I have been attending online church um, since it started, which I've actually really been enjoying. Um, I think it's been a really good kind of shakeup of the status quo. Yeah, it's it's. Yeah, I'm I'm mad on it, you know. I which is funny because I try to attend online when I can't make it. Right. And normally I'm doing it's because I'm doing right. It's because I'm doing something else, and but I'll try to do church and that at the same time, um, or at least I'll just stop and take time. But it just I just don't now that I know that I'm not the only one <laughs> doing it, and there's no audience. It just I does it know, doesn't connect like it. with you Although, the same way. I don't know. I don't know. I don't like doing all the connecting with people online, mm-hmm. like air, I guess, air prayers or air amens or whatever, right. the, you know, virtual the, amens. The, and all the little chit chat happening on the side. Yeah. The chats, like, amen, pastor. Yes. <laughs> like, <laughs> that, that is something that I definitely am not sure that I've gotten used to that yet. So there are a lot of times that we'll just put it on full screen so that we don't see the, the amening on the side. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, that's what I like. But I do, you know, I think that it's been a really good opportunity for churches to think creatively about how to connect with people. And I would like to think that people are being connected into church who maybe haven't been able to in person before because it is can be intimidating when you go into a church environment and you're not used to it. So I'd like to think that you know, this is working on a lot of different levels, but I totally hear you. It is not how I, in ever in my life, the 31 years that I have attended church, never in my life have I ever experienced church like this before. Yeah. How do you, uh, do you, have you seen any churches doing anything unique or different besides necessarily online? Church? Uh, yeah, actually I heard uh, one of my Facebook acquaintances uh, posted a couple weeks ago about how their church was doing drive-up church. So like a drive-up movie or drive-in movie where they were inviting everyone. This is in, you know, somewhere in the suburbs where the church has a massively huge parking lot, um, unlike the the narrow streets of DC. Um, But they were inviting everyone to drive their cars, park in the parking lot, and then all tune into the same radio station that they were playing church on so that you were doing church with people without being Ah. with people. So I thought that was a a unique twist on it. That is interesting. The the one that I saw was... um, they this group had church and they had a big parking lot and people pulled into the parking lot in front of a giant flatbed uh, tr- uh like a diesel flatbed mm-hmm. trailer and and they put the the churches you know they put the pulpit and they put the church band and they had praise and worship on that on that flatbed Got it. but people would pull up and they'd sit in their cars and they put like these speakers surrounding the entire oh, wow. um, event yeah, it was it was really cool. I, I kind of liked how they did that. Uh, I thought that that was kind of cool. That's pretty cool. Although I I do feel good. Like I our church has been super blessed to have a very very good online church um, presence yes. operation. Yes. Yes. Uh, although you know, <laughs> the only the only thing like every single church is that the praise and worship mixes are. and we got some really talented singers i mean like top notch yes like like you could have made it on american idol good 
but I mean that mix is brutal it's sometimes. Every, it, no it really is. I have to say, I feel as though it's been improving, but the rocky, rocky waters at the beginning definitely yeah. for everybody. Oh, for so, sure. If our people, if our people who sound great, mm -hmm. you know, are great, right? Think of think of other churches who are trying the online thing for the first yep. time and don't know how to sound mix. that their praise and worship leader sort of sounds like Ozzy Osbourne. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess it's a rude awakening for everyone and it's it's gonna thank, be rude. I mean, you know Thankfully, uh I believe that God hears all of the joyful noises and still receives it as worship. So does he though? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it does say joyful noise. It does. It doesn't say, it doesn't say uh, you know, joyful singing. It says joyful noise. I think he's, I think he might, for some people, he might be tuning out the singing and listening to the rocks cry out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I like how some of the churches have adapted. Although for some of the ones who are lacking the resources, I am, I am worried at how they're going to cope with that. Yeah. Um, I, they're not going to, some of them, some won't, of survive. them won't survive and you know, it's, a, it, it was already an interesting landscape out there for church, um, in getting new people to come because like I said before, it's very intimidating to enter a church for the first time. And, you know, we've been so seeped in what quote Christian and church culture is that sometimes those of us who have been in it for so long forget that, you know, there's some unique element to church that are not normal to the rest of the world and so <laughs> exactly. maybe maybe this is a good opportunity for churches to you know have a new spin on it and be able to connect yeah. with people on a whole new level um yeah so we'll see it's kind of like that it's kind of like that same dynamic of um <clears throat> like when um when a after jesus died and the day of pentecost had happened and the churches were getting started and they started being persecuted a lot of them had to scatter yeah. right a lot of the christians had yeah. to scatter but that was how the gospel yeah. was spread otherwise it would have stayed exactly there. and yeah that's exactly right? it and you know what happened there was organic you know it was a culture grew organically and did yeah. it you know within the the circumstances that they had to and being persecuted and not being able to meet in large groups and you know, having to have like a, you know, ground level, uh, grassroots organization. And so maybe that's what happens after this is maybe we figure out a new way to do, to do yeah. church, at least in the, the interim before we can all be hundreds or thousands of people in the same room. I mean, my parents' church is thousands of people. So I have to wonder like how <laughs> long it's going to be before they're going to be able to have everyone, you know, in the same room again, or even in the same building. Yeah, That's true. What, so that being said, what do you think, what do you think getting back to normal is going to mean? Um, I honestly think it's going to be a slow roll. I think that, I mean, on a personal level, I'm nervous about seeing people. I miss yeah. my people. I miss hugs. I miss, <laughs> you know, high fives. Um, I'm a huge people person, so this is rough to say the least. Um, but I'm nervous about being in a sanctuary with hundreds yeah. of other people because, I mean, this is... this Singing and praising yes. loudly, by <laughs> yes. the way. This is traumatizing. 
spit traveling singing <laughs> exactly <laughs> spittle everywhere exactly so i i would like to think that i'm not the only one who thinks that so even when things open up i think that a lot of individual people are going to be nervous about coming together again and so i think it's going to be slow it might start with you know groups of people getting together to watch online church in the same place in groups of 10 or 15 to have a safer environment which i'm honestly not upset about that's what that's what the church was church was house churches after church was yeah. that that's what was that's a that's a great point amy that church was there were small groups mm-hmm. meeting in and communing together i think that that's probably a great idea for churches to start rolling back into place maybe they can start with in small groups right. with 10 or less yeah. meeting in a house watching the same church online so one church but many yep, places exactly right? and i mean back then having communion was sharing a meal with each other and um talking about all the things that jesus had done for them and remembering him in that way and i i'm i'm on board for that sign me up put me in a house church yeah. to connect connect with the people you know physically close in my neighborhood but you know continuing the community I think that that's a great move. I think it will be gradual. Um, uh, full disclosure, um, I have been very anti-mega church for a while because I believe in quality over mm-hmm. quantity, and that church has been so commercialized over the years. Maybe this is a good a good time to look at what we've done collectively as a church, especially in this country, as a as a national yeah. church, and say, have we? We have a very business-minded commercial it's so product, true. right? Can we possibly just take a look? We can get back to all that stuff, but can we take a look and say, you know, let's let's get back to the heart of the people and the heart of right. Jesus, right. right? We can we can really really take a look at that and then do an, an examination uh, until it's time to get back to the to the big lights, camera, action, sort of glitz and glare and starbucks and all that exactly church, you know? <laughs> exactly <laughs> i don't want to go i don't want anyone to, to be clear i don't want anyone to have a pizza hut or a starbucks or whatever coffee shop in your church so that people can dress like hipsters and walk in with their coffee and all that kind of stuff like i'm over that but not that i don't love coffee because i love it but i i do want to say that i think that's a salient point that amy was mentioning that churches could really you know they could really benefit from the gradual regrowth that's happening if they really plan it strategically and plan it right right to really get back to the heart of things. Yeah, exactly. And let's be real. I mean, church is going to be needed when all of this is over. 100. Yes, Mm -hmm. it is. (laughs) It's needed now. I mean, there's there's people suffering alone. There's people suffering alone. Exactly. Going through all the mental health crises. There's there's something to be said behind all the, uh, the, uh, what do you call them? Uh, Zoom happy hours. Yep, yep exactly. <laughs> There's great intention behind it. <laughs> yep. I just saw a recent secular poll that was asking the question where people would go when quarantine ends. And number two on that list was church. Number one was the bar. <laughs> but at least church was at least in the conversation. <laughs> the bar was number one, but... You know, church is definitely going to be needed. Yeah. So I will say one thing that a pro tip: if if you have, are you an essential worker, or if you haven't lost your job, make sure 
you find a way to give to your church. Don't make them come to you. Just find a way to support your pastors, support the people doing the work in your church. Um, I'm not like one of those people who are like, oh, you need to give 10%. Although I will say that if you got your $1,200 stimulus check, remember 10% belongs to God. <laughs> so, it's not it's not yours it's not it's yours <laughs> no listen no no guilt do what you need with that money um but some of you who are blessed hashtag blessed need to make sure you take care of the people yes. in the church and find make sure you reach out to the people in your body and find out how they're doing because people a lot of times yes. will go to church and just play the game of church and not have community outside so make sure you have community outside and not yeah. just wait for your small group or your church. Find, yep. reach out to people. And and on the on the giving side, I'm, a lot of churches are trying to find ways to serve the community and to and to serve um, what's like the people that are really lacking. So if there was ever a time to give above and beyond, um, if you do still have a job and are getting paid, then then that's something to consider. Yeah. Because there's a lot of people who. I mean, we're what, 26, yeah. 28 million people have filed for unemployment at this point. Yeah. My my husband being one of them. So mm. we, I mean, there's a lot of need out there. There's a lot of need out there. And there are a lot of, there's, it won't be said in the news, but there's a lot of churches out there doing a lot of good things. Um, yeah. Uh, so they need to be supported so that they can, it enables them to do the good things in their communities and in the neighborhoods because exactly. a lot of people are hurting and they can be a good outlet to alleviate some of the um, the pain for some of the people who are hurting so bad. So yeah, that's a great point. I really, I really do think that we, there are a lot of churches doing nothing. By the way, just to be clear, but. <laughs> not, not all churches were created equal. Nah, no, nah, nah, definitely not. And now, you know, they don't know what to do. Some of them don't know, but. Some of them do, and they just, you know, are doing some good things, and that's really awesome. So um, uh, we're getting late, but I just have a couple more questions. What do you? Um, I've seen liquor stores, essential business. I've seen mm. golf courses, essential business. Mm -hmm. I've seen in California, the weed shop is an essential business. Should church be an essential business at this point? <laughs> that's a, that's a really good question. I think that yes, as long as we're not all asked to go be in church physically yet. Yeah. I, I believe that the staff of churches are essential. I believe that, you know, using whatever means of technology that we can to connect and worship Jesus together, that's essential. Is it essential for me to go to church with a 300 other people before coronavirus is over? That's right. Probably not. Yep. So, so bottom line, we are the church. <laughs> we yes. are essential, but yes. being in the building is not essential. Exactly. So, so don't be. Uh, you know, a few weeks ago, the the Florida the Florida governor was like, "I need everyone to go to church on Easter." <laughs> don't don't be that guy. We are the church, right? That's where we. That's where we find the verse in the Bible that says that the church is not a building. Yeah. Where is it? <laughs> I, to, I, I wasn't prepared to, to administer I, that scripture today, but next time, next time I'll have it. Um, we'll, we'll be ready next time. I know we'll it's in ready. there somewhere. <laughs> okay, I'll do some digging. Until then, we're going to wrap it up right now. This is a good place to do that. 
Uh, I want to thank everybody for joining us on Heaven Help Us. Thank you, Amy, so much. You've been so awesome. I want to leave everybody with this message I just caught on the Bible app. There was a study called Coronavirus and the Cross by John Piper. And on it, he, um, he had this little message uh, that says that this is a time for when the fragile form of this world is felt. The seemingly solid foundations are shaken. The question we should be asking is, do we have a rock under our feet? A rock that cannot be shaken ever? That is the message that we should be delivering to the world right now. Not this apocalyptic message portraying God as the cosmic boogeyman using the coronavirus to waterboard the world into submission. <laughs> I hope you get that. And I hope that that message resonates with you and that you help that message resonate with your community and everyone around you. Uh, everybody be safe. We'll see you next time on Heaven Help Us.